Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. Well, hello again, and welcome back to another edition of Smart Simple Wealth. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, serving you in Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. You can find us online at QureshiLaw.com. Carrie, it is our final episode of this crazy 2020 year. Are you in what seems to be everybody's camp of being ready for this year to be over with? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> no, we weren't one of the people that put up the Christmas tree early. We, we thought about it, but, you know, I think everybody is, is ready for some holiday cheer, and we are just ready for that, you know, that the reset button. We were uh, in the early, uh, you know, putting up the Christmas tree a little early this year, mostly just because we were going to be really busy the next couple of weekends, so it was then going to be too late by the time we found the time to get around back to it. So it was like, it's either make or break this weekend. So we went up a little early, but not nothing obscene. Our problem is on the back end. We, we tend to leave our decorations up probably a, a little bit past our neighbor's preferred uh, tastes, I would yeah. think. <laughs> it's not bad if it's on the inside, but it's on the if you have all the outside stuff, then that may be, you know. Yeah, the outside stuff, I think we could get rid of a little bit faster, for sure. The inside stuff, uh, I like to linger. I don't like letting that Christmas tree go. I wait till it's nice and crispy before we finally let go. Yes, we have a live tree, and we love that, the smell and everything. But when the, when mm-hmm. the, the needles start to fall a little too much and it's thin out, it's, it's, it's time to go. I just love the uh, that, that low-lit light in the evening of the tree. It just you, you just can't beat it. And so I need to make some excuse to have just a permanent tree set up in the living room. But... I don't know how that would go over, but in any event, we're enjoying the season, but also celebrating the turn to the new year here in a couple of days as well. Uh, Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the end of the year and looking forward to 2021. So some end of year planning tasks that should be on your mind that will set you up for a good 2021. We're going to tackle all of those kinds of questions on today's show. We've also got a good question from Harold, who's wondering about the fact that he's still working and plans to for a little bit longer, but also wondering about when you should start taking Social Security. So how does that work when you're eligible for Social Security but still working? We'll help him navigate through that question and much more straight ahead on today's show. But before we dive into everything, a little food for thought. Our quote of the month comes to us from unknown. We don't know who this is attributed to. Or there's some person by who's known as unknown with one word as a name, but I don't think that's the case. A retired husband is often a wife's full-time job. <laughs> what do you think of that? I, you know, I don't think that's just one person. I think there's probably many, many women out there that have said that over uh, the course of history. And a lot of people, maybe even if they aren't at retirement age, got a sneak peek at what that's like throughout this past year, right? Because there were a lot of people that got to spend a little bit more time than they're used to with their significant other around the house when we were having shutdowns and, and even today with some working from home and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. I agree there. I mean, I think it may be a little bit different on, on retirement because then, you know, the spouse is, is maybe bored if they don't have a hobby where, you know, maybe if they're still working from home, there's still, you know, the things that, got, that you know, need to be done to keep them busy. Um, yeah, but you're right. That, that, that is interesting. It's at least been a little primer, that's for sure, in, uh, in this 2020 year. Well, let's dive into the checklist, some things that we need to be thinking about at the end of the year and planning for 2021 uh, when it comes to some uh, a task list, uh, some things we should be thinking about. 
Certainly on the checklist, we've got to start looking at uh, maxing out retirement contributions if you can. Is that a wise thing to be considering here in the last few days of the year? Right. No, that that's kind of, you know, like, you know, first one to go to is, you know, we need a tax deduction, but also, you know, max out those retirement contributions, you know, every single year that you can. If you're still working, you know, that, that that's really important to, to take the, the, the most benefit that you can there. And that's a great point. And, and that's because once you pass that threshold of, of the year, you can't go back and continue to add to those plans. So you got to kind of, you know, take the hurt now of putting aside that extra money for the long-term benefit. Right. It's a, it's a use it or lose it. And so in, in, in 2021, um, you know, other than, you know, some contributions up to when you file your taxes, you know, that could be, you still could have that leniency. So there's a little bit of uh, flexibility there, but best to iron these things out right here at the end of the year. All right. uh, Another checklist item at the end of the year is to review the CARES Act and related issues for coronavirus relief. And uh, the big thing that happened this year, Carrie, was that RMDs, right after a bill passed that changed the rules on RMDs, we then had RMDs not required as part of the CARES Act. So uh, are there extra opportunities related to that fact? Right. I mean, and this this is a big one because with all the new laws that were passed, a lot of people really aren't aware of all the details. So like you mentioned, you know, RMDs are a big one. You don't have to take it, but if you don't take it, you know, you're still going to take a larger RMD next year. Um, and so there may be a reason where you still go ahead and you take that RMD. There's also some opportunities um, if you needed to take money out for retirement. You know, you can take money out without penalty. Um, one of the biggest ones was that the CARES Act provided that if you were a qualified individual, that you could take up to $100,000 out of your eligible retirement plan, um, you know, from January 1st up to, you know, December 30th of this year with, with no extra penalty. And so that is a huge benefit. That is on uh, in, in, in a big change, of course, because everybody's had to plan for those for such a uh, long period of time and be ready for them. And then all of a sudden with some different rules this year, that helped out certainly a lot of people. So that it was nice to see. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking about some of these end of year planning tasks, the things to keep on your mind at the end of the year here. A little checklist, if you will. Third item on the checklist would be to explore the possibilities for tax loss harvesting, tax loss harvesting. I feel like that's where we may lose some people, Carrie. So (laughs) if that's you, hang on, hang on. Carrie's going to explain. What in the world is tax loss harvesting for those who haven't heard of it before? Yeah, you know, and it's not as complicated as it sounds. Tax loss harvesting, it's not really useful for your retirement account um, if you have a 401k or IRA because any losses that are inside of that plan, they're tax deferred and they can't be deducted. And so this would be something that you do inside a taxable account, such as a brokerage account. Um, and it's really looking to offset certain gains. If, if, you, if you have a loss, go ahead and take it now. It could offset a gain so that at the end of the year, it's going to lower your, your taxable income. Okay, so that's that's interesting. Is that something you do with a lot of your clients? Is that something that you help w- assist them with? Um, well, a lot of our portfolios are already pretty tax efficient, but then at the end of the year, yes, on, on certain clients that, that need to go in and do an extra deep dive, that is something that we can help them with. Okay, very good. Tax loss harvesting, something else to put on the list. And if you need some assistance when it comes to any of these things, by the way, you can always reach out to Carrie Qureshi. And with it being the end of the year, if you're looking for uh, you know a quicker conversation to get the ball rolling and make sure that there isn't anything you know desperate that you need to do at the end of the year, not that we ever want anybody to hurry into some sort of choice or decision, but if you've procrastinated a little bit 
and want to get the conversation rolling with Carrie and her team, you can do that at 870-275-4304. Again, call 870-275-4304 or go online to CureshiLaw.com. This is also a great time of year, Carrie, where a lot of people are thinking about uh, contributing to charities and evaluating options for tax-deductible donations and that sort of thing. What's to be known about that part of the equation? Yeah, I mean, this this is the time of year we just actually had a conversation with a client yesterday about making um, some charitable contributions, either, you know, writing a check directly out to, you know, the particular charity, setting up a donor advised fund um, is always a good approach. Um, but really look and see, you know, if you wanted to make those those tax deductions um, for this year. One of the things that you just have to be aware of is that, you know, if you take the standard deduction when you file your taxes, it may not really help you on the tax side. So if you're an itemized deduction, possibly, um, so you just kind of have to to weigh those options. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it depends on uh, a lot of people's tax situations changed a couple of years ago and still continues to be the case uh, through 2020 as you evaluate your tax situation this year. Maybe a little bit different than you were used to in how those contributions and uh, charitable donations will get counted. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean don't don't go be charitable. But just right, go, in, right. go in with eyes wide open as to the uh, personal benefit you get from the situation. So that's very good. Another one, Carrie, uh, consider purchases that would give you a tax credit. What would this be like? Uh, energy saving appliances or solar panels, that kind of thing? Yeah, you know, there's really a, a wide range when it comes to tax credits. And, and, and like you mentioned, you know, solar panels, energy efficient products um, come to the top of mind. Um, but there's also adoption credits for families that wanted to adopt a child. There's state, different state tax credits. And so there's really, um, you know, things that you could do or use, you know, every single day that could qualify for a credit. And so that's something definitely to check into. Absolutely. I think that's a uh, that's a really good point, Carrie. And um, sometimes those things are worth uh, worth a little extra to get that tax credit from those particular items. So research some of those opportunities that may be available to you there. Last but not least, we want to talk about Roth conversions. And this is the time of the year to circle back and see if that's a decision that would be beneficial to you. Right. And this is probably my, my favorite um, planning technique. Um, we love Roth conversions at our office because in, in my view and a lot of my clients, we would rather pay the tax on the seed versus pay the tax on the harvest. And so anytime we can take something and move it to a tax-free situation um, is is really a win-win. And so, you know, you definitely want to run the numbers. A Roth conversion isn't right for everybody. We've we've looked at some clients where, you know, we analyzed and said, hey, you're better off sticking with, you know, the 401k and, and paying tax each year. But for many of our clients, especially um, a little younger ones, you know, the amount of money that you can save on taxes um, in your lifetime by doing a conversion now or in the next couple of years, it's it's really impressive. And so definitely, if you have not looked at that, take a deeper look and see if that's something that might be right for you. Well, these are all great tips for what to be keeping on the top of your mind here at the end of the year and as we get ready to kick off 2021. If you have any questions about some of these items that we've talked about or another element of your financial planning life, don't ever hesitate to reach out. Again, you can do that at 870-275-4304 or go to CureshiLaw.com. And we'll put a link in the description of today's show for you to be able to access that link very easily. Uh, We also want to tell you about the new book that you can request for free that Carrie wrote. It's called Smart Simple Wealth, How to Get It, Keep It, 
and pass it on. It's going to have a wealth of information in there about how you can protect your loved ones and your wealth, how you can minimize taxes. We talked a little bit about that already on today's show, and create a lasting legacy. Again, you can get that at QureshiLaw.com, and we'll put a link to it in the description of today's show notes. And as a special bonus, uh, Carrie will be offering a tax-free retirement DVD, only 30 copies of that available, but that can accompany the book as well. Just check the show notes or description section of today's show, and we'll give you some info and tools on telling you everything you need to know when it comes to paying close to $0 in taxes in retirement, at least as close as we can get you there as possible. Go to QureshiLaw.com. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Carrie Qureshi a little bit better on today's show. Uh, I I don't mean to go negative, Carrie, but I imagine with the holidays, you know, approaching and upon us, essentially, you've been doing a few more household chores than usual, maybe getting ready for family coming into town and just, you know, you want to have the house nice and clean and all that kind of stuff for the holidays. So I'm curious, what's your least favorite household chore that you have to do? Well, well, fortunately, we don't host Christmas, which is good. Um, takes a little pressure off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it takes a little pressure off. But for me, you know, we, we have a, a new baby. So I say new as in she's five months old. And so she's not quite crawling, but she's starting to roll around the floor more. And so I've become really obsessed with vacuuming because we have pets. And so mm. there's always dog hair. And so now we're vacuuming more and I'm wiping things down. And especially with COVID, um, you know, the, the Lysol wipes have, have been out all year. Yep. Um, and so we, we've been trying to do some deep cleaning. Um, I would say my least favorite is probably just the bathrooms, you know, doing the toilets and tubs yeah. and all that deep clean. Like I'm fine with the wiping down and windexing and lysoling but that deep stuff i'd, I, I'd when, really when you to gotta start scrubbing you're, you're you're not a fan <laughs> no no and, and my eight-year-old i mean he has chores in the house and one of the things you know that he hates to do it's always his chore is to empty the trash cans <laughs> and, and he always tries to you know can i trade this out for something else so he his least favorite <laughs> would be emptying the trash cans oh that's too funny yeah i never liked doing the trash when i was that age either now i don't mind taking out the trash but for some reason as a kid, taking out the trash is like the worst the worst chore. I don't know why. Then it doesn't become a big deal when you get older. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I would say the dishes is definitely my least favorite. My wife and I don't argue about much other than the fact that I don't do a great job of keeping up with the dishes. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. No, that, that sounds familiar in our household because even when someone's on dish duty, my husband sometimes will do the basic dishes, but he mm-hmm. forgets all the pots and pans on the stove. And technically, that's part of his job, but it always doesn't get done. So <laughs> I have I have a bad habit of doing just enough dishes to create enough space in the sink to then have someone else come in and finish the rest of the dishes. You know, like so as long as it's not overflowing, then I'm like, okay, that's good enough, and I yeah. like to I tend to walk away at that point. And, and my wife is just like, why Why do you leave? You know, you were there doing them, yet you still leave three or four plates and a couple of utensils and some other stuff in the bottom. You were so of the close sink. to having it all. Like, why not just take it all the way through? And I'm like, eh, I don't know, because you know, that's like an extra five, ten minutes, and it's like I'm I'm done. You know, I'm, done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'll do all the big pots and pans and stuff just to like get rid of the the big clutter stuff, and I'll leave all the little things. So I'm the opposite of your of your husband. It sounds like. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if we could just combine us into one person, then we'd be perfect at doing the dishes, but. Alas, we can only usually get the job about halfway there, it sounds like. Well, there you go. Least favorite household chores. That's getting to know Carrie Qureshi a little bit better on today's show. Now it's time to answer one of your questions. 
It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, our mailbag question today comes to us from Harold in Paragould. Harold says, I'm still working and plan to work for at least another two years, but I'm now old enough to start taking my Social Security without being limited on how much income I can earn. Is this a recommended strategy? Mm, that, that is a great question, and it comes with everyone's favorite answer of it depends. <laughs> Always um, does. Yeah, it depends. Um, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, if you're still working, it may make sense to delay taking your Social Security. If you could delay that out until age 70, you're going to get a bigger monthly check. And so, you know, there's obviously a lot of different factors that go into analyzing, you know, when to take Social Security and how to optimize it. And, and so the biggest question is, I don't know. It may be better to delay. It may be better to take it now. And so that's something um, you would definitely want to sit down and, and look at the numbers and, and look at, you know, not only how much more you would make per month um, in Social Security if you delay, but also your life expectancy, because that has a big part of, um, you know, the break, finding the break even point in Social Security. But that is a great question. Yeah, that's a really good point, Harold. I'm sure, uh, Carrie, Social Security questions are pretty common. I imagine you, you look at that as part of somebody's financial plan and pretty much every client you meet with. Every client, when they come in and we do a financial plan, um, you know, we're always going to look at, you know, when is the optimal time to, to take Social Security? Yes. It's such a big part of the equation. Even if it's not the central part of your retirement plan, it's still a crucial part of it all. Well, great question, Harold. Thank you for sending that one in. If you have a question for Carrie that you'd like to ask, we don't have to feature it here on the show. You can just ask her a question one-on-one and uh, talk to her about your situation if you'd like. You can do that again by calling 870-275-4304. And don't forget, if you'd like to learn more about the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning, Uh, with that cohesive plan. You can do that and uh, get to know a little bit more about it by picking up Carrie's free book. It's called Smart Simple Wealth, How to Keep It, Get It, and Pass It On, all about protecting your loved ones and your wealth, minimizing taxes, and creating a lasting legacy. You can get your own copy for free by calling that number 870-275-4304 or by going online to QureshiLaw.com. That's QureshiLaw.com. And we'll put a link to that in the description of today's show so it's easy for you to find and access. Again, it's at QureshiLaw.com or just check the show notes for a link. Well, Carrie, that's it for our final episode of 2020. We can close the book on the year finally and kick things off in style in 2021. How's that sound? That sounds great. And Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you next year. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Carrie. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you and all of our listeners. Hope everybody enjoys the holidays, and we'll talk to you next time on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. 
Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.